Want to help keep the lights on in Anarchy Basement? Then go to PRLfans.com. There you can find links to Patreon, PayPal, our Bitcoin info, and other ways to help support the podcast. Now, enjoy the show. Hello, I'm Matt Bergman, and you are listening to the Punk Rock Libertarians Podcast, episode 300. I'm here tonight with Jared Schneiderman. Hey, guys. Jeff Siegel. Hello. James Babb. Hello. And newcomer, Isaac Lindenberger. Hello. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for being here tonight, guys. Um, this is, a, I guess it's a pretty special episode, episode 300. 300. Oh, yeah. yeah. 300. So it's a, we think it's about, it's been about five and a half years. We've Something been like that, this. yeah. So, yeah. We started on tax day in 2000. I guess it would have been uh, 13 or 14, something like that. Maybe 15. <laughs> but it was on tax day, which is, which is funny. Yeah, yeah. So uh, number one tonight is uh, probably the Joe Jorgensen tweet. Okay? Yeah. Now, Jared, do you have this tweet pulled up? I got it up, dude. I got cool. the decks. All right, read it. Let us. Let us so let's, let's, let's take this tweet in. Let's take it in. Digest this. Tweet. So this was uh, on July 10th, which was yesterday. Uh, she says, it is not enough to be passively not racist. We must be actively anti-racist. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag vote gold. And then there's a follow-up tweet where she says, hashtag Black Lives Matter means standing in solidarity with a mourning black community as we fight together to end qualified immunity, police brutality, sentencing disparities, and the war on drugs, not support of any organization by that name. And it should be noted that follow-up tweet wasn't immediate. It, it did come after, I think, people A bunch of got screening. upset about the first tweet. Um, you know, there were, yeah, so there were a lot of people that were upset over the first tweet, a lot of libertarians. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on this, Matt? Cause you were the one who actually tagged me in a post that Dave Smith had made on uh, I think it was like on the Mises caucus thing where he, he was not a fan of it. He was, you know, accusing her of virtue signaling and some other stuff. Um, and, you know, trying too hard to appeal to the left and trying, you know, kind of accusing her of being non-libertarian with this kind of a tweet. What, what were what are your thoughts on this? Uh, okay, so my personal thoughts, like I mean, overall, like you know, I think the thing is is fine. You know, like uh, just reading the tweet, I, I'm I would assume that she's like appealing to the Black Lives Matter movement and not necessarily like the organization whose founder has claimed to be a trained Marxist. You know, like right. you just kind of you just kind of got like who she was speaking to. And, you know, there's a moment going on right now in uh, our country and the world, right, where, um, you know, people are starting to, to take notice. And uh, Black Lives Matter has been at the helms of uh, drawing a, attention to, um, you know, abuses uh, by the police state, right? Right. So, you know, I mean, I think it's ridiculous for, for us, as in the LP, you know, to, to not try to be a part of that. Um, I do think, uh, 
I do think like some people seem to be like a little butthurt about this and I, I just don't see like why they're like too butthurt, uh, why they're so butthurt about it. Yeah. But like I get where they're coming from. I get it too, but I think they're like, I, I think what they're taking issue with is the idea that is the idea that you have to take a specific stance that you're somehow obligated like we must be actively anti-racist in their minds that implies that that you're obligated to do something um you know which many libertarians would view as like you know forcing you to do something and we're against force right yeah in, in it's just my a catchphrase the left uses it's right. i don't even know what it means in a libertarian context right like well i think that's I think that's what she was trying to say with the second tweet was being anti-racist essentially means fighting to end qualified immunity, police brutality, the war on drugs, etc. Now, if she had bundled that in with the first tweet, I don't think this would have been as much of an issue for many people. I'm sure still some people would be butthurt over it, but people are going to get butthurt when they hear Black Lives Matter. You know, that's just how it but, is. I mean, but- I think the reality is that people should get you know get past it and under, and realize that libertarians have been fighting this the problem with police and the incarceration and the drug war. We've been at this for decades. Yeah, and we've been slugging it out and uh, you know been working on legalization when it was considered crazy talk. Tax and regulate like wine was considered super fringe, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've been at this for so long when Black Lives Matter came came up as a organization. And I don't even know if that's a, the correct term. It's, there's no like president of Black Lives Matter, is there? Or I think there is an organization, which is where the confusion comes from, because yeah, and, and, most and, people like, think of right, it as a, like, like there's like, a, you know, <laughs> Black Lives Matter headquarters and, you know. Yeah, I mean, if there's a website and I think there's probably a, 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 um, a nonprofit set up and I guess the leader is some Marxist, but I mean, most, the average person that hears Black Lives Matter doesn't think of this like structured organization. They're just thinking just, of- Just because somebody used that as the name of their organization doesn't make that right. everything Black Lives Matter. Just because somebody calls themselves that doesn't make, you know, Black Lives Matter is, is just, is, you know, bigger than all of that. So, uh, you know, totally. I certainly don't have any problem with Joe getting on board with that sentiment. I mean, and the, you know, it's a fine sentiment, but yeah, people are just confused by that. Yeah, it's like people are mad you that know. she's that she's uh, staying relevant. But you know, yeah. notice the people that are criticizing her the hardest are also the ones that are constantly trying to explain why no, they're not racist. No, <laughs> right? No, they don't love ha- ha- everything about Hans Hermann Hoppe. No, you know, like you know, it's the same people. So yeah. I'm a little, you know, like come on, guys, you know, um, maybe just sit this one out. Yeah, <laughs> maybe just oh, sit man. this one out, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are my thoughts too. Because the important thing is that libertarians are on the front line of this, of the fight against police brutality. Like we have, we've, we've got all the answers. We've been figuring, we've, we've looked at this for, for a long time now. We can tell you exactly where the problems are with the police, the monopoly structure, all, you know, the bullshit war on drugs, the unaccountability, the, you know, it's like we can go through step by step by step and take it apart. Right. (laughs) But right. Um, so, you know, let's not, let's not, um, let's, let's welcome them, you know, to the struggle. Yeah. Um, like I actually saw like, uh, Tim pool actually referred to this as, uh, Joe Jorgensen's Aleppo moment. 
bullshit. <laughs> no, it's, it's not even close to that. I mean, if you look at the psychological mechanisms behind it, it looks like reactants. You know, reactants is when you feel infringed on your freedom. But no one's freedom is being infringed. It's completely voluntary to fight against racism. There's no mandates against it. She's not promoting it to be forced. So I don't really see where the issue is there. Well, I think the issue is like she's telling somebody to do something. You know, well, she's suggesting it though, right? I mean, didn't she say you must? Yeah, she said we must. You know. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know what? That's just because that's the way the that's the way the leftist catchphrase really is, right? But you know, yeah. How do you really do that in a libertarian context? Well, and then, and then, like you know, just to just to play devil's advocate for the people who are butthurt right now, you know, like I'm not on team butthurt about this, you know, but you know, like I just hurts for other reasons. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know, man. They're just like uh, you know, they're they're just saying like the same people that say you must be anti-racist are the same people that say, well, you can't be uh, you you can't be anti-racist and be capitalist. You know, it's a non sequitur. Yeah, I mean, did you get what I'm saying there? No, I'm confused. What do you mean you can't be? Say that again. You can't be capitalist and anti-racist. No, there are people right now that that'll say stuff like, you know, you can't be, you you can't not be racist and be capitalist. That's, there, that's there are a, people. That's common, yeah. That's there, there, common. Are, there are leftists that say that. Not be, okay, I see what you're saying now. I, yeah, I there are. By, by virtue of you being that. a capitalist and I guess believing in private property or or whatever. You're there, therefore racist. That's the argument you're saying that they they have, Matt. I, I, I guess. I it's mean, it's all <laughs> intersectional. Yeah, it was right. also you got to smash the patriarchy. You got, you know, it's uh, indigenous rights. It's um, rent is theft. It's uh, you know, it's a whole basket of things. But who cares? <laughs> you know? Yeah, who cares um, about those people, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I, I think the, it just the whole sound, thing was, you know it, it did sound pandering though from Joe. You know, like you know, I'd rather see her come out strong and and like start explaining to Black Lives Matter people interested in the topic, like what are libertarians been doing in this field? Where are we headed? What are the, right. what are the and, solutions and, we're bringing to this? And, and that's like one of the arguments from uh, the people that are criticizing the movement. They're like that, that it, it's pandering, and that it's pandering to people that do not give a shit about the LP anyways, you know, they're probably like, oh, fuck you, you know? So they're saying it's pandering and it doesn't really get as much of anything. So, so, but I mean, you got to pander, like if you're, if you're a a political party and you're trying to attract members, I mean, to some degree you have to, I I don't know about pander, but you have to cater your message to, uh, to someone who's not already in the party, right? Or someone who's not necessarily a libertarian, right? Without compromising your principles, of course, you know, that's number one is not compromising your principles, but you got to cater your message. And that's where, you know, I think her second tweet was really good. I wish she would have just bundled that in. Go ahead, Jeff. I cut you off there. I'm curious how we distinguish between pandering and just making a comment that is relevant to the times or whatever is going on. It's very easy for me to say something, you know, if I tweet something about Black Lives Matter and they could say, oh, well, you're just pandering to the left. Maybe I just wanted to say something that was relevant. Yeah, yeah. That's a, a great point, man. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess I it's whether it's out of character or, you know, against your, 
I guess, normal messaging, but I don't think it's out. I mean, she, before this, she was at Black Lives Matter rallies. She had, had taken pictures, you know, speaking or. Dude, dude, I actually heard that Mike Shipley ghost wrote this tweet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> let's spread that. Let's spread that rumor. Let's Why not? Rumor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll end up on part of the problem, bro. Yeah, let's uh, let's in fact let's just con- that's confirmed. Like I heard it, yeah. I heard it on Punk Rock Libertarians podcast. <laughs> it's confirmed. The rumor's confirmed by Matt. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It'll I mean, be like the Ron Paul newsletters, you know, like who wrote that? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Jared, so you were actually following the uh, convention this weekend in Florida, right? Well, I was like, I was technically a part of it. Yeah. They yeah. had online. Uh, I, I didn't realize it, but I had no, because I just hadn't been paying attention. I thought it was going to be completely in person. But then at some point they added an online aspect to it. And so I was like, Eh, fuck it. I'll, you know, I'll participate, help out the Mises caucus. I was at the first, the first sitting of the convention. Um, so, you know, uh, but yeah, so I participated in it. Um, you know, we were backing with the Mises caucus. We were backing Joshua Smith. Um, unfortunately he did not win. Um, the winner was this guy, John or Joe Bishop, Joe Bishop Henchman, Benjamin. who, He's like a a lawyer. Um, he's been in the party for some time, I believe. He served as like in the at-large position. But, you know, he's just your typical, in our eyes at least, he's just your typical prag, you know, pragmatic. Want to get him on the show? I mean, I... Sure. I don't know. Well, yeah. you know what's kind of weird? Like, I mean, we, we'd probably... <laughs> yeah, you, you know probably what's kind of weird. One, but go ahead. Why? Dude, why? Dude, like Joe Bishop Henchman hasn't uh, accepted my friend request for some reason, dude. Oh, dude, isn't this weird? No, but you know, now you know what makes things really weird. He did accept a friend request for my my um, Facebook jail account, Lysander Hess. He accepted well, that, that. Well, that account is a lot cooler than the Matt account. Yeah, fuck you, James. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he accepted that friend request like you know right away, five seconds. You know, yeah. but my friend request like it was like months and months and months, and he had hadn't accepted it. So it's like, why, dude? I don't know. It's kind Maybe of, kind he's of got creeping a ton me of, out. I got a ton of requests. I don't, I, dude. But why did he accept Lysander so quick? Because that man. that that dude's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like, oh, he's got a cool little dog on his lap. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, whenever you post under that account, it's like you've been banned for something. So it means like you're. You're, you know, you're a little extra feisty, maybe. You're, you're, okay. you're a little, you know, like, just, you know, no, I mean, I, it, you know, I wouldn't mind having him on the show. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't I know either. He's, but... he's doing, he's doing some other podcasts. He's doing the, the Fakertarians podcast. So. Now, I, I did see, um, Alex sent me the video of, uh, Nick Sarwalk's, like, farewell address. Oh, yeah, that was, that, that dude sounded salty. He was salty as fuck, dude. Oh he my also, god! He also, I think it was, I want to say it was Friday night. Yeah, it was Friday night. He, um, he, uh, they were doing some sort of business, and he, I guess, he cut in line for the mic, and somebody told him to like, you know, called him out for it, and he told the guy on the mic to eat a dick. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I mean, it was it was funny. It's it's just. Is, is there is this on YouTube? Oh yeah, dude. Uh, Alex has. He probably sent it in the chat. 
But what Alex was all the super saltiness about? Was it did like was was he just kind of like shown the door and the end of his reign, or like like or did he retire? Or oh, what, I how mean, did it really oh, go man. down? Dude, there was uh, there was a ton of shit that went down. I mean, he basically threw a hissy fit at the end of the first round of this thing, right? Which was back in what the fuck? When the fuck was that? July? Is he running for chair re-election as chair? No, he wasn't running for re-election as chair. Uh, he, he actually abdicated chair or at least chairing the convention. So after, at the end of the first round of, of this convention, he basically just had this like mea culpa where he was basically just bitching out everybody and then said he was going to abandon, basically abdicated his duty as chair of the, of the convention, which is separate from being chair of the party. Um, so then his vice chair had to take over, ran this whole round of the convention and yeah, and then Sarwark was super salty in his like farewell speech, you know, shit on a bunch of people. Or was he getting a lot of flack from like Mises Caucus or like? Oh yeah, the, Mises Caucus. Tide, I mean, yeah, Mises Caucus. And basically, like, was constantly like busting his balls. Well, he just was doing a, a stream of shady shit that even his like, you know, even like the prags in the cock in in the party were like, what the fuck is he doing? You know, like there's a ton of people that say like I loved him for the first few years, and then he just like got full of himself. You know, he was he was the one who proposed, you know, paying him seventy five dollars an hour. That was a that was a proposal <laughs> that he brought up for a vote. Dude, it was the fight for seventy five. Fight for seventy five. There was that. I mean, there was a bunch of shady shit. I wish Phil was here to go into it because he knows more about it than I do. But um, a bunch of shady shit surrounding this convention. I mean, just like, you know, and just like starting like flame wars on Twitter, making like weird posts saying like, you know, if Hitler was a libertarian, I'd vote for him. Like all this kind of crazy <laughs> shit. Dude, he just like went which, off the rails. Well, which, like which conservative organization will he go to work for now that he's out of the LP? No, like, actually, I, I heard think, he's moving to the he's free a, state. I, I heard he's, he's moving like, to New Hampshire. I believe he's already there, actually. Oh, is he? Yeah. But I, yeah, apparently I, he's a signer. Yeah, he's already there, dude. He's lifetime LP, but it's like the thing with Sarwark, he's he's more about party than he is about principle, you know, and it's that's a problem when it's supposed to be the party of principle. Yeah, I mean, well, he, just, he just got too full of himself at the end and well, I mean, don't people off. Didn't, isn't he the one that like got like Gary Johnson and Bob Barr and I mean, how which how many of these of these horrible uh, presidential candidates is he responsible for? I mean, at least Gary Johnson. I don't know if he was around for Bob Barr. What about Weld? Or is that oh, all? Yeah, Weld. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what role he played. I mean, he's not a hundred. He's just the chair. I mean, he's not like the delegates <laughs> that elected these people. Right. So I don't want to unfairly blame him. Yeah. Right? For, for crazy shit that happens when you're just the chair, but, but I think it actually you know I think I recall it being his, um, his effort that got Weld into the into the running. So I think he is at least uh, very highly responsible for that. <laughs> I just feel like there's this little click of like the major donors or whatever, the little circle of that you know they yeah. kind of tell him what's going to happen in the LP. And then he tries to, you know, just accommodate or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and it sounds like we're getting, we're probably going to get that with this new guy too. 
Although I don't think he's going to be as divisive. I don't think he's going to be going after, you know, the sort of Ron Paul element of the party, which is what Sarwark was doing, was kind of trying to push out the, you know, the Mises, the Austrian, that, that sort of strain of, of libertarian that, that, um, you know, you, you'll find in the Mises caucus and in other parts of the party. Um, I don't think this guy is going to be like that, but he is a lawyer, so you know, who the fuck knows? Well, let's get him on the show and let's uh, <laughs> let's, let's drag him over the coals. I mean, um, find out what is what he's got planned. You got to ask him about jury nullification, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Enough politics. What's up? What's up next? <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, do we want to talk about uh, Mc- the McCluskeys have had their guns confiscated, apparently. Has there been a GoFundMe started yet for their legal defense? Do they need it? <laughs> do they live in a fucking, like, billion-dollar house? <laughs> well, that's, the, that's the joke, though. Uh, what, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe there's, uh, you know, I mean, is somebody watering their plants? I mean, what's, <laughs> like, I think we should, I think we should immediately for the come to their aid. I think we should immediately come to their aid just like we would for one of our own, you know? Well, I remember hearing in some of the boo groups before they got taken down that they were going to go help defend their house. Well, can you were apparently threats? Go ahead. Can you tell me? Because I'm, I don't, I didn't really know what had happened. What, what, why did they get their weapons taken away? Good question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they were charged with to get their weapons taken away. Well, um, I mean, like, you, so you didn't see the video, Jeff? I saw the video, and I saw. Yeah, so- I saw they don't know how to hold properly hold a firearm, <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, <laughs> so like a lot of people, like like I, I even know this. Uh, there's a status guy that I know. His name's Ed Clifford, and he was saying that like Wait, you uh, call him a, a statist. No, I'm just fucking with him. Dude. Not <laughs> I'm just fucking with him. No, he's not statist. <laughs> no, he's he's awesome. He's racist, but he's not statist. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just fucking with him. Like uh, so, at any rate, um, he was saying like uh, there's a lot of people that are just like. You know, of, of course, people, you shouldn't like wave loaded guns at people with your fingers on the trigger. You know, it's just like, and uh, some people are calling, or I believe Ed Clifford was actually calling that assault. I don't know that it's necessarily assault because I think like no victim, no crime, nobody got shot. You know, when, so when some, if somebody sweeps you with a rifle, I it's, mean, it's, I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, nobody got shot, no victim, no crime. It's were these people like idiots with their guns? Yes. Do, I think these people should have stayed in their house and shut the fuck up, and we, we wouldn't know who the fuck they are, and their life would be just like it was a couple weeks ago, you know? Um, but with that being said, I mean, what they did, um, it's like, I don't think it was like the thing to do, but uh, I mean, you know, n- nobody got hurt. Um, it's their gated community was kind of like, you know, people were trespassing. So it's like, I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand what they did that was really like super wrong. I feel like it was like irrational and dickish. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? There was a victim. Yeah. What's that? Okay. There was one victim. If you guys have a retina screen and you zoom in on the chick's shirt, you can see a mustard stain. And it's really not pleasing. Anyone who saw that is a victim. That's transgression, dude. That's the initiation of force. Well, she, you don't know what she was right in the middle of when, when, the, when the shit went down, right? Like, that's true. Apparently eating a sandwich. Yeah. 
<laughs> in all seriousness, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just curious because I, and I have no opinion on this. I'm just curious to know like what, like who came in, like what was the law that was broken that uh, well, they trust they, to get their guns taken away. Oh, that I don't know. Do you know? Maybe the, they were prohibited persons. I don't think doesn't so. Doesn't seem likely. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a law that says you can't, uh, point your gun at people. I, it, maybe it's, it, it, maybe it's called branching. I, I'm not sure. I that think I might right. heard something about it. All right, I've got but, uh, I've got an update on the story. Oh, I was going to say I just viral St. Louis couple received 50 offers for new AR-15s after guns were seized. <laughs> so the community <laughs> someone's has, on it. <laughs> so the community's like you know wants to help these people and make sure that they're not going to be disarmed. I that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. So here's, I mean, here's, like, the here's like the, here's like, well, here's well, the on, really fucked up thing about it. No, I mean, here's the really okay, fucked up thing ahead. about it is like, you know, right now they're taking these people's guns, right? And right now there's apparently like demonstrations going on outside of their home. So yeah. like you could potentially have some like, you know, crazy person, you know, like try to attack them at their home and then they don't have their guns to defend themselves. Well, right. Hey. And that's. So hold on. Cool. let me just, so it says yeah. here, police said they were executing a search warrant when they seized a semi-automatic 223 caliber rifle, which matches the description of the weapon Mark McCluskey was seen holding. Uh, they said the weapon was seized as part of the investigation into the viral incident. Uh, Barnett did not name the McCluskey's, but the warrant was executed at their address. <laughs> So listen, my, my lovely wife just gave me this. It says, um, menacing or brandishing is a criminal offense in many U.S. states generally defined as displaying a weapon with the intent of placing another person in fear of imminent physical injury or death. Even if it's in self-defense? Or we've, well, listen, we've seen, we've yeah, seen so a lot like, of like, other I mean, examples of, of, of they were no, they, against people defending their own property. This is, uh, this is not they uncommon. They were in no danger. And if they thought they were in danger, they, they should have stayed the fuck inside their house. Or called or, yeah, called 911. If they're, you know, they can call the police, the rich white people, they should have no problem getting the police there quickly. Or their uh, private I, security. They might hire Dale Brown. I think they just, I think they just, you know, they, they shouldn't have pointed the gun at people then if they weren't intending to kill them and uh, just leave it at that. But, yeah, I think no, no victim, no yeah. crime, though. <clears throat> no, I, mean, no I don't know. If, if that is in that state, then that would probably, probably be, I imagine, why they would use that as justification for taking their weapons. At least to do an investigation, right? And to act like we're doing something. I mean... Who knows? Let's. I have a feeling they can afford a good lawyer. So they are lawyers, or he is a lawyer. I think they're re like real estate Both ambulance. No, he's a he's a he's a personal injury lawyer. See, oh it, God! See, yeah. like, like, like I think they behaved poorly. Let's make a GoFundMe. Seriously, I, think, I, think I mean, if they had just walked poorly. out, if they had just walked out, you know, with the gun holstered. I think I think they were being dicks. I think that would have been fine. I think fun. they were. I think they were like within their rights. You know, they had people trespassing, right? Yeah, who weren't supposed to be in their well, gated community that they pay good money to live in. Yeah, but they, 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 they were trespassing. They broke down a gate and entered a, a gated community. I mean, that is trespassing. Do you want to talk on it? 
They did not break down. There was video footage that showed that the gate was already open. Did you hear that? <laughs> so did they break it afterwards? Because I saw a video of a broken I saw a picture of a broken gate. I saw like, a picture too. broke our antique gate. I don't think I should be in this conversation. <laughs> You're in. I, I, just, I, 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 I just want the. I just want to understand the facts here. I mean, I saw a broken gate. Yeah, me too. Was that after the fact? As they were leaving or something? They saw a bunch of black people who had something to say, and they decided that that was obviously going to mean that they were about to get raped, pillaged, and whatever black thugs do in their brains. And so they got their guns out. It's the same stupid racist shit that that woman out of Chipotle pulled on that woman and her teenage daughter. Oh, I was afraid for my life, even though they almost backed her over. And so she decided it was her best defense to pull a gun and point it with a, her finger, you know, ready to go. Like, no. It is a well, wasn't there a bunch of uh, white, white people there? Wasn't there a bunch of white people there? Yes, but they don't see that because they just see the black people because they are racist. I don't. I mean, what did they say that was racist? They didn't say anything that was racist. They saw a bunch of black people protesting with no arms, no weapons, and they immediately thought their lives were in danger. No, I mean, they saw a bunch of people who were who weren't only just black. They were different races as well, trespassing, trespassing into their gated community. No. Can I suggest that it could have been different? It could have been handled differently by all sides. Well, yeah, I think they handled it. What the mob should have done is said, excuse me, sir and madam, we're just here for the mayor. We're we're, uh, just, please let us, uh, we'll just be minding our own business over here. (laughs) And and everyone would have been cool about it. Okay. And, you know, but the lesson to be learned is A, don't live in the community with a scumbag mayor. Okay, because right. he's going to use you as a human shield. Okay, <laughs> so you don't want this shit going down your neighborhood. Don't live with those kind of sh- shitty politicians as your neighbors. Um, but you know, it is kind of unclear because it kind of was like a road, kind of like a thoroughfare, kind of like there might be some kind of like common law argument towards public access or something or other. I'm not making the argument. I'm just saying there could be an argument in there and other, or it's just like, you know, they kick down the door of your apartment building and are running through the hallway. Yeah. You you can point, you can, you can, you can point a gun, you know, what? Have you been to a black lives matter protest? Have you been to a police brutality protest? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Before it was black lives matter though. Were you afraid for your life in that case? No. Maybe from the police. <laughs> yeah. So why, if you were actually participating and feeling like you were not in danger, why are these people feeling Well, like because, well, if you, well, first of all, consider the, all the looting that's been going on and the property damage is, is not imagined. That's a real thing. So I would not want an angry mob coming down, coming through my property. I'm when sorry? you were in that protest, did you see the when you were when you were in the protest? Were there people actively looting around you? No, no, we didn't. That no. that was. I uh, saw some of that down at the inauguration, uh, the Donald Trump inauguration. In any of that footage, did you see any looting or anyone acting like they were looting? Or well, the, were well, all 
the story says they, they broke they broke through the gate and I mean and and no, were on private property. So they disproved that. They found earlier footage with that gate open. Okay, but is it wasn't it private property? Yes or no? It was they were walking to the mayor's house. If it was private property and they were went through an open gate and they were on they you still don't get to brandish your guns at people. Why do you have yeah, a gated no, community if you don't close the gate? Well, someone left that shit open. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like I said, Maybe. there's an argument to say that that was some kind of a thoroughfare. But I mean, look, I have a gate on my, I have a gate on my fence, and like it's not secure at all. But if somebody decided to just start hanging out in my backyard, I mean, I'm not gonna probably come out with a gun, but like I, I'm not gonna be happy about it. I'm gonna. Would you go outside with an auto blow? In the backyard. They were passing. What's your address again, Jared? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> well, I think it'll be up to the. It'll be. I guess it'll be up to the jury to decide yeah. if, if, no. if their actions were warranted or not. Um, I mean, I think we're all in agreement that brandishing and pointing it at the people was 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 not good. I don't think yeah. anyone here disagrees with that. Yeah, I mean, like, right. I think I think it was rude. I mean, they didn't shoot anybody. There was like no victim, no crime. Right. But the, with the way they were they handling handled, it, it could have easily gone. They off, handled it know. very poorly, but the whole situation was uh, pretty poor when you're trespassing on uh, private property. Yeah. So it's it's like I don't know. I think there's a whole lot of gray in this uh, situation. And how much how much hospitality are you do when you break through someone's gate and storm? Exactly. The yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think I'm there's, sorry, there's like I'm a, sorry. The person you're storming wasn't trained better. You know. Yeah. But exactly. You, you get what you get at that point. I think to a certain yeah. extent. So. They weren't storming. They were walking <laughs> <back>. <laughs> Maybe they just didn't realize it was a private pri private uh, gate. <laughs> I guess I guess this well the story I read was that it was broken, you know, so I don't know. I read I did read somewhere that it might have been broken on the way out. <laughs> which I guess why? I guess that's better. I don't know. But I mean, I mean how many burned out cars? I mean, this is the period where I, like there's like burned out cars and private property getting smashed on the nightly news constantly. Yeah. Uh, that's a real that's a real concern, you know. I'm not you're not going to just uh, like, "Oh, look, let's uh, you know, let's 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 look at this peaceful, you know, rally out our window and and <laughs> assume nothing bad's going to happen." Yeah, and there's COVID, so they were probably just making sure there was a six feet distance between them. <laughs> that's and what the they protesters. should say. You know what? That's what all they have that's to. That's all say. they were like, worried about. Look, this is the new normal. They were. We were <laughs> they were within five feet, yeah. man. I'm yeah, pointing the finger on the trigger. Fighting right. COVID. Fighting COVID. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're all in this together. <laughs> oh man. Hmm. All right. What's up next? I don't know, dude. You don't know? Okay. You got the fucking no. board right there. Okay. You know. No, no, I was just uh, thinking about some things. How about so, Maxwell? Okay. How about Maxwell and Wayfair? Maxwell, G yeah. Well, yeah, let's do Wayfair first. Okay, Can you cool, let cool. me know what that's about, too, because I don't, I don't the know. The Wayfair what... conspiracy? Cool. Yeah. So, so a bunch of people, I think they might have been on Reddit or 4chan or something, found items that were being sold on Wayfair, which is Wayfair is like a overstock they're kind of like overstock so like overstocks uh furniture and stuff like that or just like chinese manufacturers and i think anybody can really list on there um if you're selling furniture but anyways so they're online furniture retail retailer and people found items on there 
that were conspicuously highly priced. So like cabinets that were selling for like $15,000. And then they also had names. So like, you know how Ikea will name stuff like weird fucking one, you know, one name um, Nordic names and shit like that or Swedish names. So these were just named like kind of like human names, right? Like human male, female names. And so the conspiracy became that these were being used as sort of placeholders for human uh, and child trafficking. So, you know, the 50,000 convenience of e-commerce. Yeah. So instead of, you know, using the dark web or, or something like that, um, they could just sell in plain sight um, uh, human beings, apparently. So wait, the, the people were in the dressers and stuff? They weren't literally that's in the, the dressers. Theory. <laughs> that's, that's the conspiracy theory. No, yeah. Well, that's, that's the funny. It's, it's like a bundle. It, it's it's yeah. bundle. No, no, no. It was just like a placeholder. So, like, I guess if you were participating in this, you would buy this item that no one else is going to buy for $15,000. Uh-huh. And then you would get that child or whatever and well i think people could easily confirm this theory by shelling out 15 grand for a dresser and seeing what shows up yeah conspiracy you, theorists well, are usually pretty rich too they have yeah. money to spend on that <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're if usually really, our our best you really believe that theory pull pull your money together yeah. go buy one of these things and we'll find out right yeah so yeah when they actually when they finally asked wayfair for a comment on this um, they basically said, I think there were two explanations given. One was that they were like industrial cabinets or something. Uh-huh. Um, and the other one is just that they list things, they'll list things for industrial use that they don't want the public to necessarily buy until they figure out like stock and pricing and all that. So they'll just put it on there to have it listed and get the SEO juice going and then eventually like put it at a normal price so it will sell. Mm. Right. Oh, okay. So that makes I mean to me that makes way more sense than Wayfair being a child trafficking <laughs> website. Um but you know that's not going to stop the internet from just going fucking ham on this. Um Who reported yeah. on that? Who reported on it? Yeah. Um I mean as far as I mean I just saw a bunch of shit on Twitter and Facebook Apparently, Newsweek is investigating it or something. Um, I'm sure other newspapers have, like, or news organizations have reached out, but I haven't read any, like, real investigative reporting on this yet from any, like, major outlets. So, right now, it's just, like, conspiracy theory on the internet. Yeah, they don't even accept cryptocurrency, so I, I really doubt that they're doing anything conspicuous unless they have a link to their darknet site, which is like hidden in the forum. You know, we should yeah. imply the source code. You know a lot about this, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> are, you buy, are you buying $15,000 dressers by any chance? Um, no comment. It could, maybe it's something that like drug dealers use or it could be anything, right? Like, yeah. like maybe this is a convenient way of, of, of doing transactions and getting through, you know, international payment channels or who knows what, um, you know, that everybody's got some kind of scam or some kind of workaround for whatever thing they're trying to do. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be probably more likely than like human trafficking. Yeah. I just get a kilo of weed instead of a dresser. I mean, <laughs> I'm not complaining. 
but all the paperwork is good. You know, you bought a, a dresser, a dresser shipped. It, what's in the box? A dresser. But, you know, like everything matches. I don't know. It's like one of those mystery boxes from the dark net where you don't know what's in it. And each drawer is just filled with random stuff. Like one's got a vial of like something that looks like blood, but might get you high, you know? <laughs> just a mystery box. <laughs> Did you say, what is it? What? No, I just said just a mystery box. Oh yeah. I want to <laughs> buy one of those still. See what, see what I get for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Actually, not really. <laughs> so, uh, Isaac, why don't you, uh, I want to give you a second, like, talk about your thing. Plug, plug what you do. What do you do, man? Uh, well, I like researching psychedelics. Have you guys ever tried any before? Yes, quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah, nice. Uh, like, I haven't yet, but uh, I'm very interested, though. Oh, nice. I'd recommend starting with DMT. Just a huge dose. Start with DMT, yeah. That's yeah, great the, advice. The first it one. It's like you're fucking with me, dude. Do you not like me? Dude, microdose, <laughs> just microdose some DMT, dude. No, I'm telling you, it's good advice. I mean, technically, if DMT is a scheduled drug, we're all carrying because it's produced in our lungs. So. But you, you inject it into your eyeball? Or how do you, do, how do you take Ooh, that? That sounds pretty interesting, actually. I mean, that's one route of administration, I'm sure. Most people smoke it, but... You can drink like tea and shit. The, the shamans have a tea version of it that they say the plants told them how to make. Yeah, ayahuasca. Suspicious of that story, but yeah, I, yeah, you know when people are talking to their drugs, I feel like you know that might not be the one for me. Like I, you know, like oh I'm not gonna tell you try it, Babs. <laughs> James, my my actual research is talking to drugs. That's like my main experiment idea. Is do to, they talk yeah. back? I guess yes. that's the real question. That's the plan, is to prove they can talk back. Now, okay, you guys know what DMT is, right? Like, yeah, how much DMT do you need to take before they start talking back? Okay, 50 milligrams <laughs> is the exact dose. That's how much it takes to go to hyperspace, which is where you go like backwards through your own DNA into another dimension. But, uh, you know, Terrence McKenna talks about this a lot, but you take it. And then there's these beings there in this other realm, and they're like little machine elves, Man, like little this drug mischievous does gnomes. Good. It yeah. is good, dude. And uh, basically, what happens is you communicate with these higher dimensional beings. Like for, that, so for fifty milligrams, you'll get mischief, mischievous gnomes. Yes, trickster machine elves, and they t communicate with you through telepathy. And so they tell you the truth about the nature of the universe and the meaning of existence and all this stuff. So I figure. Everyone takes this thing and they trip and talk to these guys and they talk about it. It's all cool, right? But like, that's not too scientific. So my idea is if these people are there, we should see what they have to say. So this experiment idea is, let's say I get Jared to take 50 milligrams of DMT and go to the hyperspace, right? Then I'll get Jeff to go as well. And what Jared will do is he'll tell the being a number, like 23. And then Jeff will ask what the number was. And if Jeff gets the same number that Jared give, you would prove that this is an extra dimensional realm that objectively exists and you would verify its existence. But wait, if they're tricks or like elves, this. they could just give him a random number. See, that's the problem. They're probably going to do something like that. <laughs> so this experiment could use some revisions. This is just like <laughs> the third draft of our idea. I think they wait, might come back with some whack. 
you need a way to trick the tricksters to make Ooh. them think that they're tricking you, but you're already right. one step ahead and you're and maybe go up to 75 milligrams. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> James, you should get on board with this. We already got Jared and Jeff. They agreed to do the, yeah. <laughs> the main the hard part. Dude, I have tried DMT, but I, it didn't it didn't work for me. I, I don't know if I just didn't do enough or or if I didn't do it uh, correctly because I did you it probably, I did I did it using a bowl, and I think I might have like burnt like you're not supposed to put the flame directly on it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's fragile. Yeah, you probably so I think burnt I so much. Well, you yeah. probably took so much that they men in blacked you. So like you, you <laughs> realized the truth of the nature of reality, <laughs> Maybe. and it was too yeah. much for you to handle. Within, I mean, your your mind would have probably just exploded when you got back. So they're like, mm. now you can, you know, reincarnate into your physical body. Otherwise, Maybe. it might have been a problem. I think I problem. just didn't do enough. That's or what they want you to the do. wrong method. Maybe. <laughs> I, think Matt, I think Matt wasn't trying to go, you know, balls out on DMT. I think he was, uh, we're talking earlier about, he talking about uh, microdosing psilocybin and what ah. the, uh, actually we had talked about and, I was saying that I had a, um, I went to Hawaii in December and met with this guy who makes a psilocybin analog, and it's um, it essentially gives you now this for ACO DMT. No, it's not. It's not DMT. It's it's um, psilocybin analog. He actually makes it out of. It's synthetic, but it's made from um, shit. Not made from shit. It's it's made from um, I want to say. Frankincense or something like it's, it's like a, it's a it's an odd it's an odd um, biomass that he that he decided to use, um, but anyway, I, I tried it and what it was was it was like you get all the really interesting elements of what you get with psilocybin without the hallucinations. So oh. we took this walk along the North Shore and we, there was a wave pool and I sat in the wave pool and the um, the the you know, you could really feel the water, like the water on my skin and my feet on the moss on the rock. It was so sensitive and it felt amazing. Um, you know, the food that I was eating that day was just like every possible receptor was going off. I was very aware of my surroundings. It was a beautiful experience. But the, the really crazy thing about it was, you know, there was no, there was no, halluc- I was completely functional. Like I was not hallucinating. I was more than, I could have driven a car, you know. It was, was it 2CB? Uh, I don't know. It might have been 2CB. That's there, really interesting experience. Have you ever about, had... Yeah, the, the research chemicals, 2CB, 2CI, all that kind of shit. Yeah, 2CI is a little sketchy. 2CI is more... The company's called Orthogonal, Orthogonal Thinker, and they're based in Hawaii. And they're Sounds like they're doing, doing something else outside of that traditional research chemical stuff. Yeah, you ever had synthesthesia, Jeff? No. It's it's like where you taste sound and you see like flavors and you can feel color. So oh, I've never heard. That's pretty yeah. cool. It's very strange. I, I know, <laughs> it's not I, very comforting. I went. I actually went to a school with. I went to school with a guy that could that had that all the time. He could see colors, or I'm sorry, he could see. He would see music as colors, like different. Yeah. Yeah. Different tones, really? yeah, different notes would have different colors in his mind. It was really bizarre, but that, yeah. That's interesting. So I know that Matt's his friend was talking about um, the microdosing. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know what his experiences were. I've, I've only 
done it once and I just started doing it recently. Um, and my experience with it was just kind of being more um, aware of my surroundings. I noticed um, being a little, little like less, like more, like a little calmer, like not, not being triggered quite, quite as easily. More present, um, less reactive. Absolutely. Yeah. But there was no like, you know, you don't hallucinate or anything like that. Right. I don't feel weird. Um, feel better. But there's definitely something happened. Something happened. Yeah, something definitely happened. And I stopped because I didn't have a lot of it. And I wanted to take a break to see how long it would last afterwards. And last week, I started doing it again. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'll do it for um, four weeks, four days off, four days on three days off. Um, and it's only it's, uh, it's a mix of chaga. And I think chaga and um, whatever the mushroom they use with the pull the psilocybin and it's point point two milligrams I think so it's really it's a good microdose yeah but I mean yeah. I find it interesting I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with this um, to see if I notice the same if I get the same reaction or if it's if it's any different yeah let me know how that goes microdosing is interesting because it shows you the nature of consciousness as it already is outside of concepts you know just its contents and their absence. But if you take a real strong dose of psychedelics, it shows you that God is a bottom and Jesus is a mushroom. You know, you really do see that. <laughs> I think you might see what you want to see. And in that case, it makes me wonder about you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, this was an atheist channel I was debating on. And I was like giving these solid points and that's how they recapitulated them to me. And I was like, that's not really what I said, but <laughs> Sounds legit. That, why not? I thought it was funny. So I had to agree. Uh, Jesus is a mushroom is a funny one. There's this legit theory that Jesus was a mushroom and it's like super in depth. This dude, real scholar came up with it in the sixties. He was translated by, he was hired by Israel to translate the Dead Sea Scrolls. So he oh, was like Jared, a legit scholar. Was your people, dude. Yeah, bro. I was, Did you yeah, hear about yeah. this? No, dude. I, yeah. uh, I feel like I've heard this on Rogan before. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. It was like the religious scholars, like they, they want nothing to do with him because he's challenging yeah. what the miracles were. He, yeah. he totally ruined his academic career, but um, it's a hilarious joke, like Jesus being a mushroom. Like when I was in Brazil studying ayahuasca, they said that Jesus turned water into ayahuasca instead of wine because you would mm. make something that ascends your consciousness instead of decreasing it like alcohol interesting local lore to say the least those guys were pretty crazy they gave their kids and pregnant women ayahuasca too so Yikes. i don't know if i'd be taking wow. any advice very seriously from them didn't their civilization also crumble i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah didn't they get taken over by the spaniards like yeah i don't know they were, they were really high though <laughs> <laughs> yeah they didn't it doesn't matter as long as you're enjoying it you know <laughs> I've been doing totally fine in that case. On Go ahead, Jeff. I've been doing a lot of research on psychedelics over the past couple of years, just from um, so you and, and Matt know that uh, I work as an investment analyst, and I, I focus on a lot of different um, markets that aren't usually covered by um, a lot of uh, financial media. And so I, I was one of the first to, to get into the cannabis space before it really took off. And mm. so I started doing stuff in psychedelics a couple of years ago. And um, the interesting thing I've, I've just really seen over the past few years how rapidly this market has grown in terms of um, new research facilities being funded. Um, you have the one at Johns Hopkins. Shepherd oh yeah. I want to work there. It's like my dream job. <laughs> so Shepard Pratt is about to do a new study in coordination, I believe with maps um, on MDMA mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. uh, 
and it's interesting. There's a lot of like psychonauts in Baltimore that are getting together to, to I think they're trying to form some kind of like um, group that would oversee the, the like a um, like to oversee the the molecules to make sure that that which is coming that's being tested is uh, is legitimate. Um, yeah. But it's really fascinating to see all the money that's coming into the space. And from an investment standpoint, standpoint um, earlier this year, it was the, the very first publicly traded psychedelics company that went public. The psilocybin um, one, the mushroom that's one. That's MindMed. So they're doing the LSD trials and the um, ketamine trials. Oh, oh. I must be thinking of a different one because this it's, mushroom one has a patent on their business so development. I, it might be there's a bunch of them now. So there's there's ah. like there's a, within the last year we went from having about four that were public or going to public to close to a hundred now. Most of them are bullshit. Most of them are just empty shells that people are just trying to make a quick buck. But there's some legitimate ones out there. MindMed's a good one. Um, uh, was um, there's a company called Cybin that's going to go public soon. Um, you might have heard of uh, Universal Ibogaine in Mexico. Um, they've been doing ibogaine treatments for like. I think 14 years now they're going to go public. Um, yeah, so that's a worthy a investment because that stuff's going to take off once it's all decentralized and legal. It's going to be awesome. But in the meantime, do you guys have the get out of jail pass for psychedelics? <laughs> well, there is one. But here, but here's the th- here's the what thing. What is it? You're because you took it, you're insane, and therefore you can't be tried. <laughs> no, no, no. But there's a legit. People used pass. to say that was true. Like, yeah, if you've taken LSD, you can say you're insane, and then it's you're technically true. <laughs> So they I mean, felt all the Grateful Dead shows, huh? Yeah. It's, it's kind of close. It's um, the Oratory of Mystical Sacraments. Um, you buy a card and you become a registered shaman. So cannabis, mushrooms, mm. DMT, ayahuasca is all legal for you to own and have um, because it's your religion, right? Mm. And uh, th- what's a funny thing is I was um, a, a, a friend of mine, what Swim. Kind of permit, what kind of permit gives you all of this wrapped up in one? Religious, <laughs> yeah, a religious exemption license. And, and so, who issues so, that? So you, the like, Oratory you of Mystical Sacraments. Like, yes, like, I have it. Okay. And listen to this story about Swim, right? Someone who okay. is not me was driving, and uh, <laughs> Swim had like a half ounce of dabs in his car, right? Which is like a felonous amount. And um, the cop comes over, and he takes my weed, right? And he's about to arrest me. And I show him the card. And I don't show it at first. It's like a last-ditch effort, right? Because some people will be like, they won't look at it they'll just arrest you but this guy he was like huh i don't really want to mess with this not only didn't arrest me or swim he gave me he gave him back his dabs <laughs> the whole half ounce wow. so it seems to be very effective and worthwhile well so. maybe he thought like a curse would be put on him or something if he <laughs> like right like the machine elves would get him maybe this happened in the dmt space yeah, I have uh, my own machine elf, and I could I can send them after you guys in your lucid dreams. <laughs> Not you guys, but police officers. Well, you know, one of the interesting, the interesting things about what's going on in the space, though, is that when cannabis first came out on the medical side, the FDA fought it the whole way, whereas psychedelics, there's now four companies that are producing psychedelic molecules that are being fast-tracked by the FDA. Yeah, yeah, wow. they're, they're, they've got an, a special status to accelerate the development of the research. Well, it's, it's, it's a courtesy to the CIA, who's uh, <laughs> always been interested in this topic. and is It's all MKUltra all over again. Right, like, yeah, what do you think? They think they've given up on, on, on mind control 
<laughs> oh, check check the water supply, dude. LSD is gonna be the next fluoride. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Wow. <laughs> Can I get toothpaste like that too? <laughs> <laughs> that does sound pretty good, honestly. <laughs> like flavor crystals. Is that what? Wait, is that what uh, Vermin's peddling? Yeah. The, the LSD yeah. toothpaste. That's what's in the. With his mandatory toothbrushing. That's I'm why. Don't tell uh, anyone. I support this is supposed it now. to be. This is supposed to be low key. <laughs> How much weirder could it get, right? Like if everybody started <laughs> brushing with that, like yeah. I'd, I'd give it a shot. Oh my like, gosh! Oh, and then if you brush it, with it, we do. it's gonna cut your teeth, your uh, gums up. And it's gonna absorb even better because then it's sublingual. That's right. genius. It goes right into your bloodstream. Exactly, dude. No, I'm gonna have to try that. Swim's gonna have to try that. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna pat that. <laughs> Yeah, don't. I'm in the process now. Right after this, it's copywritten already since we just came up with it. Intellectual right. property, man. IP is BS. Right. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna cut on over to our uh, after hours program. So if you wanna hit us up over there, go to patreon.com forward slash punk rock libertarians. We also have t-shirts at libertariancountry.com. If you use the code PRL, you'll receive a ten percent discount. If you spend $50 or more and you use the code PRL2, you'll receive a 20% discount. This podcast is brought to you in part by Conversations About Freedom Podcast, hosted by Moral Bob. Until next time, live free or die. Stretching the flags on the tax bombs and red Voices by a few at the expense of the many Soldiers and gods in the death machine You can't justify killing by economic gain For God, country, and democracy You can put freedom in death point in a fine land You support the troops that bring them home I believe the jokes will do the best for you And I believe that we have the power, have the power I hate the state And I know I'm a slave We can make the break Break the power, break the power Society of individuals Nothing more than not interference With natural rights What's a virtuous person fully comprehends the non-aggression principle, the violence of the state becomes absolute.